Hello and welcome to Carbitrage Podcast, episode 88. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sanitsky. Hello, sir. Hello there. How are you doing this fine Saturday? I am doing fantastic. Fabulous. I am as well. Um, so we've got an auto show going on right now in Geneva, and for whatever reason, that seems like it's drawing up automotive news for us here. Yeah, there's not really much talk about the auto show happening in Minneapolis right now either. Yeah. Which so. is the thing. I Well, have... that just started today. It did just start today. It's true. Um... I have a collection of black leather gloves for when I see the Ford Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> is there actually going to be a Bronco at this I, year's TC Auto Show? I certainly hope so. I mean, it's kind of like a horseshit auto show, so it very well could not. But um, <laughs> I really hope they do because I really want to throw black leather gloves into the backs of, you know, <laughs> Broncos. <laughs> I mean, you've really thought this out a lot more than I have, but yes. that's totally fair. Um I guess uh, beer, since, I mean, it's it's a thing we do. Uh, I'm drinking a Nordeast once again, starting the day early, so. You could uh, assume that I'm drinking a beer. Yeah, I, I, I assume you're here. You might be joining us live via satellite. <laughs> I'm not entirely you. sure. We have the Great Wall of Asus here. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, I've got my MacBook Pro back. It's got the new battery installed in it. I am so, so thrilled to have a machine that I can not only monitor the stream chat, because we've had a couple issues with that, uh, but also edit and look at what's coming next without going to the uh, kind of tragic keyboard we use for our stream machine. So Yeah, that keyboard is not fun it's, to look at or no. use. Yeah, it, and it's it's been spilled on, so it works even less well than a brand new one even, of the same variant. Even better. Yeah, and when you say better, I, of course, assume you mean worse. It, worse in every way, actually. Okay, cool. I mean, I just wanted to read between the lines and make sure that I wasn't uh, misconstruing that. So uh, <laughs> why don't you start us off? Yes, I will. Sorry, I was just playing some Civilization while you we were <laughs> opening up. Again. Oh, you are here. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Hi. First time I've seen you today. Um, so <laughs> the of speaking God. of said auto show uh, happening in Geneva right now. Yeah. Um, it looks like we got a look at that new Hispaniola Sueza. I think both uh, of them, right? And the new Bugatti, in addition to some other cars that weren't, I didn't even know about, but I'm more excited about, actually. Um, <laughs> the Hispaniola Sueza was based off the uh, Dumanet Zinnia, which was, like, arguably the best-looking pre-war car ever. I got a link to it uh, from uh, Hemmings there. Um, and this one's just about the actual... Dubinat Zenia, not the not the production car, but the I don't know what a Dubinat Zenia is, but it sounds like the guy that was supposed to go into space with Yuri Gagarin and got sick ahead of the <laughs> launch. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, no, it's not that. But what's actually cool about the new Hispano Sueza is it's um, a production version of the powertrain and chassis that they're using for their Formula E race team. Oh, very nice. Yeah, so it's actually it's. Really cool. I like that trickle-down technology thing with Formula E. There are a couple of uh, manufacturers doing that now. Well, I, I think it's kind of cool because they, they gave it a Formula E uh, drivetrain, but they gave it like a postmodern, like retro 30s styling to it. It definitely does not look like the original Dubinet Zinnia at all, but it's quite cool. Okay. Hmm. Um, Is there... Oh do, you, oh, you do have a link to that. Let me pop yeah, it up that, here. Yeah, that's a link to the original Hispano Suiza, so people can actually see it. I'm going to bring up a picture of the uh, new uh, Hispano Suiza Carmen. Okay. Um, if you want to dump it in the links, I yes, can certainly put I'm it on the to. TV. Trying, so here's, here's OG. 
Oh, I want to swing back while you're pulling that up. Remember when we looked at that totaled clean title Prius? Yes. We left it on the screen long enough where it became the thumbnail for the YouTube video. Perfect. <laughs> I thought you guys would be happy about that. I'm very that. happy about that. All right, I'm dropping the link right now onto the notes. That's from Google. I'll just give you several images. I don't trust any of these sites. It looks They're weird. probably going to be mad at us for having ad blockers on. It looks very weird. I don't know how I feel about it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, you can I'm going to totally, click through and hope for the best. You can totally see the resemblance of the original Ooh, Dunet Zinnia. But I like the ass end. The, the rear end looks like a Tatra. The rear end's my favorite Does it part. have an air-cooled V8 overhead no, cam? but it's got an air-cooled... Um, it's got an air-cooled electric motor in it, which is kind of like a V8. Is it actually air-cooled? I most I Most modern EV motors are liquid-cooled. Oh, are they? Yep. Well, then it's probably liquid-cooled then. Oh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> now I has the, a sad. The good, the good thing about this is they got rid of that horribly awkward, like, like penis sticking out of a zipper stork. Oh yeah, I remember looking at that Thank in the God front grill. That's not there. Yeah, now they put a, a Chrysler 200 eBay grill on the front. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, I think that's what that is. But it looks that looks very. I mean, what's it built on? That A pillar looks really familiar. Yeah, I know, right? Um, that can't be something that they just made, right? It's it, got to be based on something. Yeah, I don't think it's based. I don't think this is the one that's based off the R8. R8. I mean, the front end looks like an R8. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, the, the A pillar well, doesn't that, look like R8. That's the whole thing. The whole issue here is there's two Hispano Suezas right now. Right. And I can't tell which one this is. Well, <laughs> it's a Hispano Suiza really like Carmen. The, man, that back end is really quite juicy. I do like that they use the storks and the taillights. Now, my only issue is that they're both going the same direction. Like, wouldn't it look better if they're both pointing in or both pointing away? They're not pointing the same direction. Yeah, they are. They're both pointing. Oh, yeah, they are. Oh, they. No, oh, they are. Out. Okay, yeah, they are facing out. Okay. I, I guess I don't know. I'm not sure. I guess I'm not sure about that Stark. Then it looks. It's a cool idea. I like it. Hmm. But um, yeah, it's a thousand brake horsepower. That's pretty cool. And it's electric. Yeah, like that's what huh. it would be. So. I mean, that's got to be. Wow, big motors on each axle. It's their. That's more than like the ludicrous Model S and X cars. Yeah, it, well, it's their. Um, it, it's based off their uh, race car, um, off the Formula E car that they're also, that they're making. Can we just draw attention to the fact that you are covering an electric vehicle this week and I am not? I know, right? Well, Something is wrong. I need to find a pre-war car. That, that's what I'm also talking about. Is it's based off a pre-war car. Yeah, but it's very modern. I, I love the wheels on it. I think those wheels are really cool. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about the juicer, whatever, front wheels. I oh, and that Chrysler 200 grill. That Chrysler 200 grill needs to go. I love that they put the ridiculous giant Hispanic Suiza logo on it. Yeah, I mean, I really like the headlights. All that kind of stuff's good. But yeah, those those front wheels. I don't know how I feel about that. It, it, it's it's not perfect, but I mean, like, it's cool. I like it that it's a thing. You know, if I had millions of dollars to spend on a car, I probably would not buy this. But I want somebody to. Like, I'd probably buy an actual Hispanic Suiza and a Countach, and then. Would you litany. not buy a Tatra? <laughs> That's <laughs> oh. funny. And like a litany of old Japanese cars. Of course, but... Very funny, for the record. Yeah, but it's going to be like... They're saying it's going to be somewhere in the ballpark of like a million dollars. So, you know, the going rate for... That doesn't yeah, a look worth a million dollars. Yeah. If I had a million dollars, I'd be rich. If I had a million dollars, I would probably buy this car and take the car to some coach builder and get rid of that front end. Because everything for the A-pillar looks terrible. 
But everything's behind the, it's fine. The front fender doesn't look like it fits. No, it doesn't. Well, yeah, the, the back end is very pretty. The back end they got right, and the front end looks like they just gaffed on a gumpered Apollo. Grafted. Yeah, grafted on a gumpered Apollo. <laughs> it does look a lot like a slightly more grown-up gumpered Apollo. Uh, however, what we can move on to is uh, Bugatti. Uh, they have their car, which, um, while this one, you can see the resemblance of a Dubonet Xenia, uh, the Bugatti La Voiture Noire. Uh, Voiture. Yeah, whatever. I This one looks absolutely nothing like a Bugatti Atlantic. And it's <laughs> Atlantique. Just, it, it, this is just, it is clearly just a Chiron with a different front end. <laughs> Thanks, Bugatti. Yeah, he really Thank got you my for... hopes up. <laughs> you were just, uh, you wanted like a Persang Bugatti with like modern. Yes. Yeah. This is exactly I know, I, I know what you wanted. W16 Persang Atlantic. Like they have the ability to do it. They know there's a company that makes this. So. Yeah, uh, but you can't always get what you wanted. Uh, I hate that sign. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to drop a picture of the <clears throat> Bugatti as well. That's their final link Anonymous here. Koala just put a document in my document. All right, let me see what I can do here. Yeah, from the rear end, that's the one angle that car <clears throat> looks good from. Now I'm going to show you the car from the front, and you're going to hate it. You're going to hate me too. This seems like a not great way to get stuff on the screen, but I guess it works. Well, it's... I'm the one that's kind of... Anonymous I've, Koala, yes. There you go, CNET. And for the uh, audio listeners of the podcast, we are showing random links of auto show concept cars that will never come to production. No, this one is a production car. Uh-huh. It looks <clears throat> like if Bugatti was told it's to make It's literally called the Bugatti Black Car. Yeah, and it's named after the one missing Bugatti Atlantique, which was... Called the black car because it was Jean Bugatti's Atlantique. Uh, it has gone missing. It's it's it'd be if that car's ever found, they're saying that it would be around 140. It probably yeah. got gassed like Hammond, yeah. But um, if that car does ever turn up, it they're saying it'll be worth around 144 million dollars. Well, it's supposed to be a one off, isn't it? No, 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 the original, the actual one that Jean Bugatti had. Yeah, the one Jean that Valjean. this one's based off of. From Les Miserables. But, um, yeah, so this car, uh, that one is probably the biggest letdown. I mean... It's, for, for you, anyway. I think as far as, like, all of the modern Bugattis go, it's definitely the best-looking one. Yeah, but it's, well, yeah. like, really, like, that's your competition. It doesn't take much to beat out a Veyron and a Chiron with yeah, uh, looks. Two terrible-looking cars. <laughs> well, I wouldn't call them terrible, but they're definitely... Uh, the. They're, they wrap around their technology. It's definitely f- uh, form follows function on that car. Yeah. So I like that they tried to wrap a little bit of an old style, uh, you know, whatever around it. But I don't know how successful they were. Well, with my that my thing car. is this this company, you know, the way they're hyping it up and everything. And the thing is, like, they have an unlimited budget. They could build whatever they want, and that's what they really like. That's all you could do. What they should have done is just build a new Phaeton. Yeah, I. Would honestly say like a W sixteen Phaeton boot. Bam, like stupid long front end, make it like narrow in the rear and everything, or not, not narrow in the near, narrow in the front and just like put the engine up there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it'd be perfect. Agreed. Like, like a, just a big stupid Phaeton with a Bugatti logo would be great. Well, yeah, actually that would be really good. 
Yeah, okay. So, Bugatti, just build a Phaeton. Yeah, just build a Phaeton. You already are owned by Volkswagen. Especially if you make the driver's compartment separate airspace from the passenger compartment and make it open so it yeah. cannot be shielded from the elements. Yes. We need to bring exactly back. It. And then just like load it with autopilot. Exactly. And we should also mention, when we say Phaeton, we mean the body style, not the shitty Volkswagen. Oh, I was talking about the shitty Volkswagen, oh, well, which I you, actually enjoy. What you actually described was also the body style of a Phaeton. Because the Phaeton is... No, I know. Once, once I figured out what you were talking about, I went along with it, but... Oh, yeah. I, was, I originally thought you were talking about the Volkswagen Phaeton. And then, ah, yeah. Okay. And then you said that. I'm like, that's a way better idea than the Volkswagen <laughs> Phaeton. Because that car was actually objectively terrible. But <laughs> Right, right. But I think if, uh, the Vol- if Bugatti took something like a Volkswagen Phaeton, made it into an actual Phaeton body style, and then... Call, then had all the tech that a Phaeton had, but like modernized it and made it not built to a budget. You'd have a good car. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. So anyway, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let, let, let me talk about. Well, it's still a German mark. Well, actually, no. We're going from French to German, and then the Germans actually from America. Anyway, that's why they've got kidney cancer. <laughs> We've. T- Ugh, I could this. Im- hold on. Let me scroll down a little bit. That's much better. There we go. I can't see the front now. Anyway, so we've talked about BMW's Spartanburg plant and how they are the biggest producer of American cars, right? Yes. Yeah, so they're also the largest employer of U.S. auto workers, and now they are the single biggest U.S.-made auto exporter. I am so excited for when Donald Trump turns into a baby, and (laughs) again, he inevitably will, and he makes an auto tariff, and all these people lose their jobs, and he just, like... Everybody I voted for him gets shot in the foot. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what's going to happen. I mean, all the factory closings from the the domestic makers, they're having this kind of issue. But, I mean, if, if BMW closed or reduced production on the Spartanburg plant, we would have big problems. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, that a- I don't exactly know the number of how many people they employ. I'm sure it's in this story from Jalopnik. But, oh, oh man, that's hard to look at. Uh, 11,000 people. Yeah, work in Spartanburg. Yeah, and that's, that's crazy. Three hundred and fifty-six thousand vehicles. That's that one made. facility. Yeah, yeah that's massive. <laughs> that's ridiculous. I think it's like a million square feet. So okay, that, that imagine facility? the sewer pipes in that building. Lunchtime poops of eleven thousand folks. You know, Elko Motor Speedway, a town sure Elko is in. That facility hires four times more people than the population of that city that the racetrack's in. I believe that. Elko's yeah. not a big town. No, but I mean, like, it, that's, it, that facility would be a quarter the size of a suburb. Like, well, a, a reasonable well, down size. down there, yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, up here, like, something like Edina or, like, St. Louis Park are both around 40,000 people. So, like, <laughs> true. yeah, that, that's a quarter of an entire city could <laughs> just sustain themselves off that one. Yeah, that's huge. So, so that's, I mean, I just thought that was really cool because, like, I... I mean, the American car makers actually make a lot of really good product these days, so it's not like as glaring as it was when they started the Spartanburg plant, and mm-hmm. especially because BMW is making less and less good stuff every year. And eventually, I just won't care anymore. Um, but I'm just—I have to mention it because it's a German automaker that makes the majority of their vehicles worldwide in the United States. They're the largest domestic employer of auto workers, and they're now the largest U.S. auto exporter. It just it's, it boggles my mind every time I talk about it. Yeah, so. that's that that well, that's the thing is, with BMW, they actually make something that the American public wants. Mm-hmm. Ford does not. 
(laughs) Well, that's pretty much true because it took away like ST and RS. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, what BMW makes something that you aspire to get, even if if you're not a car person. Like, I get that they don't have uh, they don't have manual transmissions and almost they still make the M2, M3, M4, and they make the i cars. You know what I mean, though. I do, but But the the, vast majority of their cars that were manual that really made BMW BMW something special no longer have that. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, you still have the name, you still have the build quality, you still have the inline six, you still have like the majority of stuff that makes BMW a BMW. We have the new BMW Supra, so that's yeah. good. So that's the thing is BMW actually makes something that you aspire towards, whereas if you have a Ford Escape, nobody is aspiring <laughs> to get a Lincoln Aviator or whatever. You can aspire to a Ford is. Aspire, but not to a Ford Escape. Yeah, like there's there's nothing in the Ford product lineup like to aspire towards. Like yeah, Mustang GT. Well, they still make the GT350. Yeah, so oh, whiz bang, woo. That's like, a great car. It's a great car, but it's like at that point it's all they have is a sports car that's really good. Well, yeah. If you want something other than that, it's just Do they still make the Flex? Mm, yeah, I don't know. I flex so. is good. I like the Flex. You can get that with an EcoBoost. But, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the thing... The issue with Ford, though, is more that... you ha- It's kind of a one-trick pony. Like, you have the Mustang. Cool. You have sports car. All right, well, what if you live in the city and you're driving a Ford Fiesta and you want to aspire to have something better but don't want to get anything necessarily larger? You, have the Fiesta, you used to have the Fiesta ST. Now you don't. But, like, with BMW, you know, that's the brand where it's, you know, you have something small, and it's, I, I want to aspire towards the car. You get the 1 Series or something. Right. So you actually have an aspirational small vehicle, and that's what the issue is, is that Ford and GM and Chrysler, I mean, Chrysler to a lesser extent, they don't really have that. So right. that's kind of what the what the issue is with the Americans. And that, that it begins to make sense really quickly why the Germans are the number one. It's super weird that better product sells better. It's really weird, isn't it? I that's am funny. I'm trying to wrap my brain around this, but it's really tough for me. It's, I'm a little slow. It's funny that uh, the Toyota Camry plant has been producing Toyota Camrys in the same plant for like 30 years. And meanwhile... The normal Illinois plant has closed mm-hmm. down and reopened like four times <laughs> to make cars for like two years. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, it, it seems like there might not be quite as much consistency with the domestic automakers. Now, speaking of European cars, again, uh, there's one thing I want to run back to. I want to go back to the Geneva Motor Show because okay. there was a very cool car that I saw just in passing. And... I think it looks actually really rad. It's called What the, happened to the back of the fender? It's called the Janetta Akula and it, it looks is, like somebody rocket bunnied an Alfa Romeo 4C or it 8C. It kind of does, yeah. It kind of does. Uh, but this is the thing with it. It's a street legal kind of like like supercar track car. It can go 200 miles an hour. It's got like a 600 horsepower or something uh like 6 liter V8. Hmm. Um it's probably an LS2. <laughs> uh, with, a, with a Chinese supercharger on it, or a turbocharger. <clears throat> its its name, uh, Akula, is Russian for shark. So that's probably... Akula Matata. I think, I think that car looks really rad. Like, as far as cars with ridiculous front ends It go, looks like it has a lot of aero. Yeah, it. Pro- I imagine it does. What but, is that billet thing they're showing? That's the engine block? Yes. Oh, jeez. That does look like an LS2. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> but um, 
So Janetta, if you've not heard, if you don't remember, it's a six-two. Is this? Yeah, it's a. I thought it was, oh, it is a six-two. Oh wait, wait, wait. Oh, there's an optional six-two standards. Okay, standard six liter. And the engine, the the body's made entirely of carbon fiber, which is twenty-five hundred pounds. Wow. For that, with a V eight, that thing's awesome. But uh, if you are familiar with the name Janetta, if you don't remember them, in Gran Turismo Four. You used to have that first endurance race series that you could do, and that's like the quickie way to get like a shitload of money in the game. Mm-hmm. Is you would put you put the game into B spec so it races for right, you, right? Yeah, and then you go to school and you do like the <laughs> thirty six laps around the Nurburgring, yep. and then you just get a Janetta uh, G four. You do all the engine upgrades and you beat literally everyone, and that's what the um, that that's why I, I always loved Janetta. I thought they were really cool. Uh, but this kind of falls in that same kind of, you know, design language where it's super powerful engine in a tiny body. The original Genetas weren't super powerful, but I mean, it's still inline six and like a 1500 pound body. Right. But now we got a giant V8. That's <laughs> just awesome. Similar and formula, just with newer technology. What I also really like about this, while all these other cars are like, you know, they're millions of dollars and stuff. This one's... Only three hundred seventy-one thousand. Only wow. Well, relatively speaking. Wow. But I mean, to wow. be wow. <laughs> but to be fair, I would um, if I had three hundred thousand dollars to spend on a car, this one very likely would be my number one pick. Okay, mm, not for me, but I mean, it looks cool. I think it's awesome. I love that. It's good, but it's not say, $320,000. As, as far as a brand new car goes. Yeah. Because there's not still. much in the world that I like. Is this right a now. manual? Yes. Okay, good. Then, yeah, it's way up the list for me, too. Though. Yeah, it's a very, very cool car. I'm actually. Did sick. you hear that the. Uh, oh, shoot. It wasn't the new Koenigsegg, because that's not a manual, but uh, the new uh, Pagani car? Yeah. Is going to be manual? No shit. Yeah. That's actually really cool. That's Which pretty one? pretty neat. I don't know. The replacement for the Wyra. It, the, electric cars now? Uh, yeah, I think, probably. I hope it's a manual electric oh, car. Oh, man. Watching that Christian von Koenigsegg uh, release for his new car that's named after his dad or whatever. Yeah, the they're now using, or whatever. Yeah, now they're using uh, basically a, a single-clutch automated trans, but once you get it rolling, mm-hmm. it doesn't use the clutch. It just uses synchros to shift gears, so it's like a motorcycle trans, so it's clutchless shifting. That's actually <laughs> The cool. racket that that thing probably makes as you're banging through the gears must be ridiculous. That sounds fantastic. I also like cars that are ridiculous like that. I like Christian von Koenigsegg's style. Now, one more thing I wanted to bring up. While all these amazing cars are coming out, I, my second link here is from The Drive. I'm really sorry. But um, oh, God. I know, I know. It's awful. It's the only place you can find a picture of this because nobody cares about it, rightfully You only so. have one link. Oh, part two. Yeah, part is. two. Um, <laughs> I think I feel like this was added at some point during the, the episode. No, this was, this was right before the episode. <clears throat> oh, okay. So, yeah, like, Austin Martin, everybody's got the really cool cars, and, like, Janetta has their, like, super cool car, and, like, Hispanio Sueza came out of left field with a cool car, and Bugatti has a car that doesn't look terrible. Uh, Mitsubishi, meanwhile... High praise. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Bugatti's doing, you know, something. <laughs> Mitsubishi made a really, really shitty crossover. It just sucks. I'm looking at this. I... I I just hate it. It's Mitsubishi. Is that in this link? Yes, it's at the very bottom. Just scroll down. It's the last car. 
It's like Mitsubishi was like, oh, ba- uh, go back up. Oh, that's the it, one that had like the Toyo Archer plates in the snow. Yeah, that one. It's just yeah. stupid. It's, I let me. I, you keep talking. It's I, like I Mitsubishi got their got caught with their pants down by Rivian, and they had to like slap something together in like a day before uh, the Geneva Auto Show. I would have thought that it was this a rendering had I not actually seen. It just there's like a, a totally improbable this uh, scene basically. This car was like a concept car from 2004. It really, really does. Actually, 2002 or 2003. Like, yeah, like... Because the actual version that didn't look anything like the concept cars were coming to market in 2004. Yeah, it's like... Well, this is like the ones that you'd see in, like, Gran Turismo 4, and you get really excited for the Evo 10. I, <laughs> or trust I me, could, this is worth waiting for that picture. It's on Jalopnik. I'm looking for it. But, oh, my God. I mean, I, I get it. It's got a got 2.4-liter gas engine. It's hybrid. It's... We... Sounds wow. like an eclipse cross. Uh, 435 mile range. Right. Oh my god. Does anyone care at all? No. Mitsubishi's like... Stop! Stop sucking! I've looked at ads for mustard longer than I've looked at that vehicle. There it is. Look at the tires on this thing. Those are definitely They're Seriously, they're like R-triple-8s. That looks and so And it's sick. driving through snow. You know... That person's going to crash on the way to the photo shoot. Yeah. You're right. So, this, right. that thing's just horrible. This is the thing with Mitsubishi right now. Because I was thinking about this other day in traffic. Um, a uh, third generation Eclipse drove past me. Okay. And it was like it was lowered a little bit. Had some like big, fat, meaty tires on it, and exhaust had a V6. Is that a, I was gonna say a three eight. Yeah, three eight. It was kind of cool. Like as far as third gens go, like I'm like, yeah, it's all right. Cooler um, than Balto's car. Ew. Hey, come on. Balto's a great guy. I love that guy. I know. He's um, great. His car <laughs> makes me sad. He really needs the EV swap. It, that that once cool. that's EV yeah. swapped, that will be the coolest fourth generation Eclipse in the world. Um, now, is that a fourth gen? His Eclipse is a fourth gen, yes. Now, anyway. Um, oh, I, was, I keep forgetting about the third gen with the Dirty Vegas doors. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> it was one of those. It's the Dirty Vegas like era. Oh, so those were yeah. three eights. Those were like three threes or something, weren't they? It was a three six, I think. But I don't, I don't care. That V6 it, was terrible. It's the fact of the matter that it was is about as cool as uh, a third-generation Eclipse can get. Okay, um, And sure. I was kind of thinking about that is the Eclipse really – do you remember the Oldsmobile 88s? Yeah, of course I do. Like when we were kids, their front-wheel drive and 3.8 liters and awful. Yeah. Yeah. Those cars – We've talked W-body plenty on this yeah, show. And, <laughs> and then I showed you the – the Rocket 88, the Holiday Coupe. I love that I just see your hands emoting. Yeah. Well, I, you saw the Holiday Coupe and how that car that <clears> car <throat> aged with the greatest generation. Yeah. So, like, when that car came out, like, the greatest generation was, like, just getting to a point where they're, like, buying their first nice car. And now they're – and then it aged with them. So then it became kind of, like, a family, like, touring car. And then it became, like, a road trippy sort of thing. Right. And then it became a front-wheel drive, like, I'm uh, driving to the my funeral just sort of car. Fit the needs of the, the yeah. You know, that, have you thought about <laughs> that's kind of what the Eclipse is doing with yeah. Gen Xers? Yeah, I guess you're right. Because the Eclipse started out being it, the rad car. Like, in 1948, 1950, the coolest car you could get was a Rocket I think the Eclipse 88. was around in 1948, right? Yeah, but in 1948, 1950, the, the Oldsmobile Rocket 88 was the coolest thing you could get. In 1990, 
the Eclipse was about the coolest thing that you could get. Like, as far as, like, a brand new car goes. Sure. I'm, I'm not a, the biggest Mitsubishi fan, but I'm just saying, like, that car is a very, very cool car. It's very highly regarded still, just as a Rocket 88 is. Then you had the second gen, still pretty cool. And the Oldsmobile 88, the second generation 88, still pretty cool. And even the third gen in the 88 was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Third generation Eclipse was like, oh, okay. And it was like kind of mid-60s that the Rocket 88 started going, okay, now you're just kind of getting really big. Mm-hmm. Then you had the fourth generation Eclipse. Uh and the fourth generation Eclipse That's is maternity like, jeans Eclipse. Yeah, and th- that's like the Oldsmobile 88 in like the late 80s <laughs> when it was a giant B-body with a 305 Aww, and just yeah. not that... But, it, but, but, but you could spec it out to be cool. Like, if you tried, you could make it kind of cool almost. And you could do the same thing with both the Eclipse and the 88. Is you could, if you tried that, you could get it really cool. Then... The Eclipse Cross comes out, mm-hmm. and the Rocket 88, also in about 1990, 1992-ish, went front-wheel drive. And that was the death of the car, and that was the car <laughs> aging right into the retirement home. <laughs> you make, I swear, that these comparisons that you come up with, and nobody has ever drawn a parallel to or put to text or audio before. But I, I, I've I, never heard an Oldsmobile 88 compared to a Mitsubishi Eclipse before. And I, that's a, I, that didn't like occur to me until I was just like driving. <laughs> like One day I saw one, and I'm just like, God, those are just not... Those used to be cool. <laughs> Most of these ideas come up after I'm like babbling nonsense, like just like being really tired and distracted and just I say something that's totally not right. And then he's mm-hmm. like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's Some word inside of the babbling nonsense triggers him. It's, like, it's sort of cathartic. It's like... <laughs> It's like it's like when uh, when like Buddhists have like a Pali chant that they repeat over and over again, and their mind just goes somewhere. Okay. That's kind of what happens. It's kind of like Jan's just sitting there doing this like Pali Buddhist chant about picking up a toddler or something. I'm <laughs> just like my mind starts going places, and then it's actually very creative. It's like one of my most creative times. It's like when you're in the shower, you just have time to, to think, to think, and just oh <laughs> yeah, you think yeah, thinking. Yeah. Sorry, definitely thinking. So thank thank you, sweetie. It was. Actually, it was after we went to the Piper Center that I saw that. So, yeah. but anyway, so um, anyway, that's what I needed to talk about was Mitsubishi. Oof! I just wanted to talk about how terrible a choice those tires were. I just want to talk about everything at Mitsubishi. Like there. All right. So to be fair, that was still within Carlos Ghosn Mitsubishi. I'm really hoping that Mitsubishi Nissan gets their shit together, and they just put their 2.4 liter four cylinder into a Mirage. Oh yeah, that's a four G sixty nine would be great in a Mirage. That's all you need. You don't need to do anything. It's well, that's a four B twelve, I think actually. The one in Balto's car? Oh, are you talking no, their new one? Their new. Their oh new yeah, I, I have no idea. I think it's a four B twelve or whatever. That could but, be. Yeah. Um, put put that into a Mirage. You don't have to spend any money to make something. You just now you have that a, thing would be so fast. It'd be like a Yaris GRMN. I- exactly. You yeah. don't need to do anything. You have. Everything it takes to make a very cool car. You could even make like. They some... won't do it though. D- but, but because gas is too cheap. Well, no, that's the thing is, while gas is too cheap, Mitsubishi has no money. I know, but they're not gonna get more sales by making another fuel efficient vehicle. It's not fuel efficient. That would be yes. No, it is. That would be a I fast guarantee, vehicle. Guarantee that that engine change would make it even more fuel efficient because well, it would probably. be working less but hard than that, the three-cylinder. That, that's the thing is that you don't get it for that. 
I know, but people only look at that crap because people are morons. Well, it, it's not a car that you sell to people for that. Like, you would market that the same Ryan, way. Ryan, I understand, but yeah, these but, people... No, you, would, you would market that the same way as you'd market, like, a Civic Type R or something, or, like, a Fit Type R. Which, the, those... Another well, thing it, The first exist. one doesn't sell well. The second one doesn't exist. Uh, all right, a Fiat <clears throat> 500 a bar. Those also don't sell well. That's because fine. they haven't revised the car in a decade. That's Poor fine. Fiat. Well, Mitsubishi, I... Talk about a car company being let down by itself. I really think that Mitsubishi should just go ahead and stick their largest four-cylinder into their smallest car. That is a a method that everyone should use to try to keep internal combustion relevant for as long as possible. Yes, I think that's exactly what Mitsubishi should do. Seriously, just make EVs for the low-carbon credit or whatever, and then make just super powerful gas vehicles for the rest of your gas vehicles. Why not? The thing is, all right, my logic behind this for Mitsubishi is Uh that... They don't have money for marketing. They don't have mar- money to design new chassis. What they can do is you can kill two birds with one stone, put the biggest engine to the smallest car, and let it market itself. Because while people... It won't no, sell. No, people will not buy it. You're right. But you know what that's going to do? Is that's going to get people to say Mitsubishi. Because you know what the Dodge Demon does? Yeah. Is it gets people to say Dodge. But it's also and the best at something. That's true. But that's the thing is that it's they made it the first car to do a wheelie or something. Produ- yeah, production yeah, car. First production. Little, like, you lift I mean. tire. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's it's the fact that you're doing something ridiculous, something that gets people's but name. That car got a ton of marketing. The Demon. The Demon. That's true. Which is weird because they made like 800 of them total. But yeah, the, they if they do this hypothetical Mitsubishi Mirage with the four cylinder, like do the demon crate thing with the Mirage, but like give you an autocross basket. Yeah. Like that'd be really like, cool. Make it a CCA sponsored thing or something. So like you, you make it for a race series that doesn't exist yet or something yeah. like that. No, then they'll sell. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you can make this into a thing. And with Mitsubishi's like financial issues, I've been saying this since they've been having financial issues. I've they, been saying it. Ain't I been saying really, it, Miguel? I've really, been saying it. They should do it. And it, even if it doesn't sell well. That was it's, an Independence Day thing. Yeah, that's true. But um, even if it doesn't sell well, it's still going to be enough to get people's the name into people's mouths. And that's exactly what you need to do right now. Because people for... They should, they should pe- just call it a bar of soap. Well, because pe- people... Soap bar. Nobody talks about Mitsubishi. You need I know. people to talk about them. We do. We talk about how much we hate the Eclipse Cross. Yeah, but nobody else talks about them. Like, they are just Ooh, on their the death What about the Outlander It's one of those things, you know, they... If you get people to talk, it's just going to help. Because then people are going to start looking into things. Anyway, let's talk about Patreon. Yes, I uh, I pulled a Patreon topic that I actually do. I, we, we've sort of touched on the most. I mean, car topics only stretch a certain breadth, so we've definitely touched on part of this before, but we're coming back to it because we have a constantly evolving, you know, uh, Bob Ross landscape of the car world. Yes. So we're coming back to insufferable owner stereotypes. Yeah, let's do it. As they pertain uh, pertain to not just make, not just model, not just type of vehicle, not even just car, but let's touch on a couple that we've touched on before. I want to start with uh, Harley Davidson cruiser motorcycles. Anything with a V twin, basically, or like I guess you could even group in a Goldwing. But are you talking about the uh, the like early Gen Xer, late baby boomer. I'm talking type. late boomer. Yeah. yeah. Like the ones that bought a ton of these things. Uh, early doctors Gen Xers. Some, some of them are buying them, but like. Badass doctors that listen to Bob that, Seeger seriously, and go who, to Sturgis. Who yeah. bought them if they're not current? Who buys them if they're current? 
and then like go, just like stereotype them basically that's what no, I'm that's what I'm saying it's it, it's gonna be like a late baby boomer early gen Xer that's yeah. listening to Bob Seeger while his wife has is like complaining to a manager or something I feel like anybody that fapped ab- to Vietnam bought Should one we of talk these about my my sister she doesn't own a, a Harley Davidson but she she named her son Harley after a Harley <sighs> No. Davidson and spelt it wrong. We shouldn't talk well, about no, her, no, but that is, no, no, I'm one glad second, you brought one, it one up second. that's it, terrible. No, now, hmm, there's one slight issue. Is that was named after your grandmother's motorcycle. Which was a Honda. Which was a Honda. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So that, that Swing just... and a miss. <laughs> it was a CB750. That is a super cool bike. <laughs> yeah. How and could you mess that up? It's a cafe racer. They sold it. <sighs> I wanted it. So they sold it. Anywho, but I feel like that encompasses the stereotype. Yeah, idiots. Yeah, yeah. don't do any research. <laughs> I think that one story <laughs> sums up. Remember nine months ago when we pulled up the story about like Harley trying to release some new, more youthful-looking models, yeah. <laughs> yeah. hoping that will help. But we're like, that ain't gonna change anything. Yeah, that's not your issue. Guess you- what? It isn't working. Yeah, <laughs> the company you, is in its death throes. You have a very cancerous brand right now. You need to not. Do that. But okay, what about um, like the Victory V Rod or whatever the crap they are? Like the like, uh, even the ones that are owned by like Suzuki, but they've got their American faced brands oh, that have V twins. Like, are they a different demographic than yeah, the yeah, they, they are. Yes. So what makes them different? Like what what takes you out of the trailer park in Big Lake? Well, so and brings you into the, the, the suburbs of the Maple dif- Grove. The difference is like somebody that buys a Victory is more like. Um, my mental picture is like the San Francisco type, like, like kind of upscale liberal guy still wants to be cool. Wears like bootcut jeans and like a leather blazer or like a suede blazer. And like, he works at some sort of like app developer store, but he, app he, developer store, no, not store. You know what I mean? Like an app developer, like studio. That's or, what I meant to say, but no, I, I do get what you're saying. Yeah. I, I love how, the rant is just like, you know, that thing. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like. That group car for the poor. You mean a bus? Yeah. <clears throat> he's trying so hard to be relevant and badass. And meanwhile, he puts his bike into overdrive so he can listen to Trample by Turtles on his, like, iPod wireless headphones. Billion watt eBay sound system. You mean system. the AirPods? Yeah, the AirPods. Oh, yeah, those man. ones. I wish AirPods sucked. Then I would have like a right to hate them more. They look so stupid, and I judge people that use them, but they're actually really good. But that, that's what I just it is. Want to flick them out of people's ears. It's the sort of person that listens to eighty nine point three The Current and pretends that they aren't a hipster. <clears throat> like that's who buys a victory. <laughs> and it's like, but why? Why do they do that? What's appealing about that image to them? Where they, they buy the sensible right, so, choice? So that's the thing: is they want to have a Harley Davidson, but they also want to not piss off everybody. Okay. So they, okay. <laughs> they want the look of the Harley. Do you honestly drive a Harley? No, no, no. no it's no, a victory. No, they they oh. want they want all the aesthetic of a Harley. They want to be like uh, Hiroyoshi uh, Honda. <laughs> They fix thought, it. The, 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 yeah, they want a Harley and they want to make it this right. This engine's broken. Yeah, this isn't right. I want to fix it. It's <laughs> something like that. Okay, fine. What about the? Okay, not not even just crotch rockets. But let's do like the stereotypical ones. Let's do a Booza or a Jixer or something like that. Oh, like, hi, even like a CBRR. Hi, Booza. Yeah. Dude, you know, it's a black guy who lives in a bad neighborhood and has a Rough Riders patch taken off the back of his leather vest. Every part on it is financed with PayPal credit. Well, that's just what it is. And or maybe a, it's true. 
I, occasionally, occasionally, I will say you do PayPal get, credit. Occasionally, you do see a Hayabusa that's actually like built and kind of cool, or you have like the extended swing arm and stuff. But the owner, all these you're talking about, the, the owner still, still, still is gonna be a douchebag, and he's either gonna listen to DMX or he's gonna listen to like Nickelback. And yeah, there's no hedge funders in, buying these in, things. Inevitably, the person who owns a Hayabusa is likely going to be somebody that either has a prior for dogfighting or currently goes out and does dogfighting. It's just no, that's a Jixer owner. No, because the no the Jixer owner is... Well, A, they, they wear their pants down to half-mast on their ass. They, <laughs> they lowered their bike with leather lowering straps. Yes. Uh, they don't wear a helmet because they're squids. No, they put the helmet on the side. Yeah, oh, you're right. There is always a helmet on a Jixer, but it's never in use. Never in use, yeah. Hmm. They're wearing shorts, and they listen to Blink-182. All right, well, we covered Jixers. <laughs> God, oh, I'm like, I got a bad taste in my mouth. What about, what about, okay, so Jixer owners, they got to have uh, another vehicle, right? One that's enclosed? Yeah. What do they drive? Oh, they drive a lifted truck. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But the, well, the question but is, what there's, lifted there's, truck? there's different kinds. Yeah, these people drive the person seven three and six uh, power strokes. No, yeah, no, they're they're gonna, not even that. A Jixer owner is gonna have a Triton V10 F250 with California lean. You're right; they can't afford a diesel. Yeah, it's gonna have the California lean where they lifted the front more than the rear. Oh, that's Texas, man. Yeah, and I think I thought it was called the California lean. I don't know, but it's really popular in Texas. Yeah, it's called the California lean. And then they're going to have, like, 24 by 10-inch wheels with Ugh. rubber band off-road tires. And they're going to have lights in the wheel well showing off <laughs> their... Wrapped around the brake their, drums. Like, their Rancho <laughs> lift kit that they got from AutoZone. No, nah, I think Rancho is a uh, O'Reilly. Oh, is it? Yeah, that I think one. it's an O'Reilly exclusive. Yeah, the Rancho lift kit. Uh, what about... Okay, so we've, we've covered Jixxer uh, owners by the gas-powered version of the popular diesel trucks. Who owns... Actual diesel lifted pickups. Actual diesel lifted pickups. My mental picture is Kyle Nelson from MA Performance's brother, Matt Nelson, who has got a uh, coming. Does like he wear an Alpine Star flat bill? I think he does, but he's actually a really cool guy because he's got like a Cummins <clears throat> 3500 a manual? dually manual. Oh, yeah. Lowered and he drifts it, like going out of the map parking lot and stuff. And that's kind of cool. Like, actually builds cool shit. Like, slammed that, heavy duty pickups, I have less of an issue with than lifted ones. And that's that's the thing is, like, it, the people that usually own the diesel ones, for the most part, like, a lot of them are going to be, like, cooler people. But then at the same time, you also have the guy that's got, yeah, like a 2007 Duramax. With like, Alcoa's on it. Yeah, and the, the like, the Team Realtree, vi like, vinyl wrap. It just, no, no, it, no, no. You're just thinking like, of Mossy Oak. Yeah, Mossy Oak. That's what I was thinking of. <clears throat> yeah. And just, like, okay. that, that kind of douchebag also exists. Who but is... there's two... There's... there's It's a dichotomy. There's... there's you give a split. They're two different people. Okay. Uh, between uh, Duramax, Chevy, or GMC, a Power Stroke Ford, and a Cummins Ram, who's the best owner demographic Ooh, I'm, I'm pretty the, sure it's I'm Duramax say the, I'm gonna say actually no I'd say the Cummins I like the engine powertrain thing more but like I don't know I mean I know a couple of cool people that own Cummins Rams but I like, know more cool people that own Cummins than I do that own Duramax I just I don't know if I have a problem with anybody I know that owns a Duramax 
Actually, I don't really have a problem with any diesel pickup owner. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's enough of lifted pickups. Screw those things. What about on the other end of the spectrum? Let's talk about... Real quick. Yeah. Why is it that everyone that drives a Camaro is currently going through a midlife crisis? Because <laughs> they have whiskey plays. We're getting to that. Don't worry. Okay. okay. We're getting to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to... Yeah. Um, so, um... Let's talk about the other end of the spectrum, uh, PHEVs, plug-in hybrid electric vehicles, like or even Prius. just regular mild hybrids. Yeah, well, Prius is a mild hybrid. Oh, it's, sure. it's, the enti- it's the entitled liberal know-it-all douchebag. Aging hippie liberal douche? No, not even hippie. He's just entitled liberal douchebag. Okay. You, well, Gen Xer, Gen Xer, he's going to be like around 40 or so. and just the He biggest, or she. Yeah, yeah, and he's going to be the biggest prick in the world. And when he brings in... Are the, they wearing Teva sandals? When he brings it, when he brings it in, or Birkenstocks. When, when he brings it in to get service, and he hears a technician in the back room like swear because they like uh, smash your hand with a hammer or something, yeah. he's a complaint to the manager about it. Yeah, that one, and emphasis on For he because it's it's going to be a guy that's going to do that, or just a plug-in hybrid. And that it says Prius here on the notes. So I yeah, but Prius. but okay, but mild or plug-in hybrid. Okay, let me. I'll change this. Like, it's less confusing. With the Prius, like. All the Prius owners I know nowadays are like people around my age who don't really. Well, they're hand me down cars because their parents that bought them tried to trade them in. They're worth nothing. Those and they bought a battery. Th- that guy I just described. Yeah, he bought yeah, a yeah. Leaf now. Yeah, now He's he has in a, a Leaf. Yeah, yeah. Because well, like they they just they don't know anything about cars and they're like, they're like it's fuel I heard efficient. Good things. Whatever. Like, they are reliable. Is... But yeah, you're right. Now it's just like college or just out of college. Girls, yeah. basically, that uh, drive yep. Priuses. Oh, there's, there's another one here. Um, people that get inordinately mad when you mention that you like cars. <laughs> That's another one. People that are offended I've, by the... I've had that have, happen several times where people have just gotten, like, they shut down the conversation when I said that <laughs> I like cars. And they were like, I do not want to talk to you, you fucking Nazi. <laughs> Actually, I'm Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that's how you respond. Okay, fine. Uh, well, are we grouping I, I, Jana, all mild and plug-in well, owners I into think, the Prius I think owner? Jana has more to add to that. Uh, well, just the the Prius is all I can think of. Because, like, I mean, it's either people who bought them new because they're like, oh, this is going to be the future. And then they just haven't gotten a new car. Well, aspects of it are the future, but yeah. yeah. But you know, like back in the day, it was like, right. Holy like, shit. well, I bought it in 05 and it still runs, so I'm just gonna keep chooching. Yeah, they're like, whatever. Might as well, you know, make up for the terrible detrimental environmental impacts. My of battery the battery, had. yeah, the nickel metal hydride batteries. Um, yeah, or like people my age that are just buying their first car. Being like, they are pretty cheap now, so I guess I get that. Yeah. And people do like the city fuel economy. And in states like California, you get those HOV stickers. So like, oh, free carpool, whatever. Yeah. So I don't know how many of those people are just buying them because they are actually pretty economical daily drivers versus like how many people think they're saving the earth with them. Yeah. It's like the commercials back in the day for the Gen 2 Prius where it's like trees coming out of the tailpipe. I'm like, yeah. uh, um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, <laughs> there is one thing I do want to mend to that. Is okay. That... Specifically, the Toyota Prius C. Okay, that's a cool car. That is a cool car. Because it drives that, really well. In my mind, one of the things I think of whenever I see a Toyota Prius C mm-hmm. are actually, like, really cool. Like, actually people you want to talk to. The guy who bought uh, my gray baby gas boomers. Fiat yeah. bought it because he totaled out his Prius C. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, they're, like, 
like actually really cool baby boomers that you really want to talk to who are like super interesting and they're like they have you can have a good conversation with them I don't know if i've ever seen anyone over the age of 30 driving a prius c i've seen it's it's uh, that's where i'm getting to the other one the other one is just in the world that i live in uh really 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 obscure hardcore jdm otakus who like buy the prius c because in japan mm-hmm. There's a Prius C1 make race and everything, and they're actually a totally reasonable, like, tuner car in, like within the Japanese public. I believe you, but wow. Yeah, that's the other thing I think of when I think of a Prius C. So, but yeah, there's that. Hmm. Okay. Um, Are we going to group all mild hybrids and plug-in hybrids into that same owner category? No. No. Because uh, the mild hybrids are going to be more... I think all mild hybrid owners are in that same pool. Because the yeah. people that bought the, well, not the first-gen Insight, because that was a manual, actually, enthusiast car. Yeah, that's a cool But, car. like, second-gen Insight, like, Honda Civic Hybrid, all the same people. Yeah. Also the same people that own them now. They're the people with the hand-me-downs. That just, or just, like, yeah. man, just never got a new car. I think Jan did a really but good what job about describing that, yeah. plug-in hybrid owners? Things like the, oh, dude, the Outlander pe- P-Hev, the people, Chevy Volt. There are people that really want a Tesla Model S, so they can't afford it because their BMW sold for $12,000. But there's that. <laughs> what about, like, the commitment issue, though, of, like, oh, I don't want a full electric car? Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, it's the worst kind of person. How wishy-washy can you be? Do you want an electric car, or do you not want an electric car? It really car? makes sense for, like, in England, where you, or those countries where, where there's issues have... with, yeah, no gasoline engines beyond a certain point in the yeah. city limits. And yeah. so that's where it makes sense, but in America... It just does not make. Well, I mean, any I kind of get their argument. Like, if in the case of like the first gen Volt, you get like a twenty mile electric range. Like, honestly, if it's nice out and you live six miles from work, you yeah. really don't ever need to use the gas engine. But you also have the flexibility to take it on a three hundred yeah, mile that trip. Makes sense, so I kind of get that. See, that's what makes sense about the plug-in. But, but you're nobody dragging uses around for that. You're dragging around seven hundred pounds extra crap. Yeah. Getting way worse electric efficiency in the meantime. So like, just just rent a car for the time you need to take a trip, and my, then have a much lighter vehicle with a higher range for your daily commute. Yeah, so my, I, the commitment my, issue. People. My whole thing with PHEV owners are people that cannot commit, people that really want an electric car but they can't. You know, they just can't. They don't have the means for it. Right. And it's entirely at fault for them because they're not creative enough to find something else that they can get. It's the sort of person. That's the sort of person that really wanted a set of Air Jordans, but instead <laughs> bought the cheap like Kmart knockoff of the Air Jordans. That's who it is. It's or, the people uh, that want so hard to fit in, and they can't. I have another one. Remember when the Razor scooters came out in fourth grade? Yeah, yes. dude. The people yeah. that bought the knockoff ones. Yeah, the Walmart Razor scooter oh, yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. Those people. they're the Walmart Razor scooter people. Like, yeah. this one's just as good on paper. I'm like, eh, on paper. it's not as good, though. <laughs> <laughs> and I then you try to, to ollie it and the front wheel comes off <laughs> and then it collapses on itself i do have to say i got uh like a quote-unquote knockoff like i didn't have an original razor scooter yeah but mine was way better than the razor scooter you're saying i had a, no, a rollerblade brand one a blade and the, the mechanism on it for opening and closing it it was incredible it's just a spring-loaded yeah. like clamp thing and mine, it was super you quick razors my- you were like break off your fingertips and bleed all over and it would be real wobbly mine was like built for durability so it didn't have the foldy thing like you could take off the piece but it also had cute little like green balls on the end oh shit we're plugging hybrid motors aren't we we are you guys are 
I had a real Razor scooter. It was awesome. So <laughs> it's still uh, Ryan is. owns an EV. Yeah, I, I still take my Razor scooter around proving grounds when I'm drunk. Well, at least I've got my... <laughs> What's the brand of that electric one I bought? And go tracks. Go tracks. Yeah, your go tracks. I'm excited. I'm excited when the snow eventually melts here, maybe someday. Yeah. Now I, I have a real razor scooter and it's pink and I put duct tape all over it. It's, it's fun. Well, now real razor scooters are like a nickel, so yeah. it's great. Or even like free. Now, uh, let's try this one. Kay. The Corvette. Oh, uh, oh 60 plus. Well, I'll go 50 plus. Uh, 96% take rate, so they're living in a retirement home. And they're trying to relive the 1970s. I'm Dads a... with jorts, Ugh. sneakers, Walmart sneakers. Some new like new balances Spizers. and white socks. White, like half, like half shin socks. That's so gross. Now, I'm going to actually expand this past that particular stereotype. Okay. Uh, it is going to be people that have the means to buy something that they want they want a quote-unquote cool car, and they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right there. That is it. Uh, it right. is the, the actually successful car salesman. The person who just you know became a mid-level manager. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I, oh, man, God, was my, I can afford a $60,000 car. I want the coolest car I can get. I'm getting a Corvette. Uh, people and are going to like it. And then you get it. And everyone's like, I don't care. <laughs> and then they get mad. And then it kind of... Like, so what? It's a Corvette. And, and then the people don't like their, that they have an automatic lower trim level Corvette for $60,000. Also, the it's only nothing special. nice car you'll ever see in a small town in America. Yeah. Yes, that's Actually, true. Actually, that and a Camaro. Yeah. But seriously, like that's like the the pinnacle of what you can ever achieve in life if you live outside of the exurb layer. It's a Corvette. Yeah, it's a Corvette. Which, honestly, modern Corvettes actually really good cars, especially performance per dollar. I just... You wouldn't want to, like... Every generation... You wouldn't want to drive it. Every generation has been so much better than the generation before it. I know. And (laughs) all you... You just know for a fact you're going to drop $60,000 on a stupid Corvette... And when you sell it in five years, it's going to be worth $5,000. Exactly. Unless you buy a manual, in which case it actually holds its value really, really well. And the only correct answer to buying a Corvette is the best Corvette is cheapest Corvette. My my Corvette. Damn it. You just get the worst possible cheapest one. How many Corvette catalogs do you get in the mail when you own a Corvette? Oh, my God. You, You get all of them. My Corvette is best Corvette because chrome taillight louvers. <laughs> big car, little car, big car, little car. Okay, shameless plug. If you guys have not gone to watch regular car reviews, Corvette You're no video, longer allowed to watch this podcast. Go, no, 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 no. Go watch it and then come back and laugh with us because yeah. it is that good. That, that, that's a perfect example <laughs> of a Corvette. Yeah. Actually, just go watch all of RCR's videos because they're all that good. Yeah. Um, okay, what about the car that you buy if you can't afford a Corvette in a small town? The Camaro or the, the Mustang, the same thing. Jana, what's yours for Mustangs and Camaros? Marines. Yeah, ooh, that's a... Oh, yeah. Just you are Not only the, the Marines, Marines, but the people that tell you about how involved they are with their military service. People, just you are in the Marines. If also, you the only people car. that buy Nightshades, the product. Yep. Those people. Um, I should tell you about the uh, the guy that I work with. One of our artists oh, has no. a 
least special Camaro. Shocking. It is a manual. I'll give yeah. him that much. But still Camaro. <clears throat> in his cubicle, he has uh, posters of like the prairies out west. Oh all over the place uh he wears a cowboy hat no. long like trench coat oh like he, so so you're telling me he, he's, he ordered... he's the person that goes to micro center no 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 he, the aesthetic of the person he's the person that got thought he was trying to get a high country silverado and he misspelled silverado and wrote camaro that's what uh, happened he, he just thinks he's a cowboy he wears the boots and everything. So they should just have a Rough experience. Rider trim for Camaro. All right, there's three tiers of Mustang and Camaro owners. The okay. first one are the people that buy them new. They usually <laughs> rental fleets. They are people. Yeah, so there's rental fleets, <laughs> and then there are people that just want to make fun of Hondas because they don't know anything about cars. Then the people that bought those then give it away. At that point, it is now your midlife crisis car. Once it goes from the midlife crisis people, it then goes to the kids that are about 20 to 35 years old. So kids and adults. They're 20 to 35 years old, particularly Mustangs, that like drag racing, put turbo on it, and send it out to the racetrack and actually make it cool. So it takes the car about 25 years to get to any cool level, just like most muscle cars. That's so fair. That's the that's what the Mustang Camaro crowd is. Do the but V6 and four-cylinder cars ever become cool? Uh, no. Okay. Never. Okay. The, uh, maybe the four-cylinder Camaro ends up at Radwood once in a while. And, of course, the EcoBoost Mustang is actually cool. So that's Right, different. and I think the two, yeah, the 2.3 EcoBoost no, Mustang is pretty cool. The four-cylinder Mustangs are cool. Cause there's a, that's the, the one I tried to test drive one time and I got turned away, so I think you're right. I think they're the, cool. The EcoBoost is really cool. The SVO is really cool. The Camaro, I, all right. So the four cylinders are cool because Camaro is so bad. I think it's, it's good. actually yeah. It's so bad it's good. <laughs> Whereas like the V6 Camaro and the V6 Mustangs are owned by drug dealers. Like that's who owns them. Oh, mm-hmm. and Julie's boyfriend. Okay, his dad. His bought dad. That his new. dad bought it new and gave it to him. And yeah. it's well, it's still not technically his. They just share. it. Well, yeah. I guess now he's a, he does a not fit the stereotype. Family of three shares this single Mustang. Ugh. Because his village bu- bicycle. His mom's Buick got totaled. So no way. To be fair, he he does not fit the stereotype. So I'm a, well. There are wanted, always exceptions wanted, to the rule. I wanted rule. to make the point to leave him out of it. There are people with V6 Mustangs that track them and are very successful. Yes, it's yeah. true. But yeah, no, there's, uh, especially with like Mustangs, since like, you know, everybody knows the name, I feel like mm-hmm. there's a bunch of outliers there, you know, you just uh, don't see them around at car shows. And I think the Mustangs, the in, a, in a weird spot, kind of coming back to what you were talking about, about cars that aged with their demographic. Yeah. Cars that came out in 65, people bought new Mustangs, yeah. but they're all dead now. Yeah. So now they have to, they've been revising the Mustang. Like the last, I think, two generations, maybe three, have been sort They've of been, regressing yeah. to like try to get back to what people are actually shopping for, not to just try to like cater to a softer, slower, squishier crowd. Well, I mean, that yeah, I guess. But the thing is, like, the Mustang, it's kind of a weird thing, and I feel like to properly encompass it, we need to do an episode about the Mustang. I don't want to. No. Well, because there's like this whole thing where the car was really awesome. And then it got dicked by the Malays harder than any other car. Oh, the Mustang 2? Yeah, it, it went from being 
like the best one you could get with a single overhead cam. I think the Corvette got dicked V8. harder than the no, Mustang. No, 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 no. You can get a single overhead cam, big block V8 in the Mustang in like 1970. By 1974, you had a four-cylinder in almost every single one of them and maybe a V6 that made it wasn't like a good V6. 120 horsepower. I was going to say, I think 110, yeah, something like and, that. And then they made the Fox body, which is my favorite Mustang, uh, and they actually, the very first, like, six months was really cool because we had a 140-horsepower V8, but then the second oil crisis happened, and they had to immediately pull that out and put in a 120-horsepower V8, which then made the turbocharged four-cylinder faster than the big V8 Harry muscle car. As it should be. Yeah, but that's the thing. Boosty it, boys are good. Yeah, but that's the thing. Is the Mustang, but the thing is, the Camaro always, or not the Camaro, the the corvette in like 1978 79 yeah. 82 like oh, the worst eras. oh man. those were always considered desirable for whatever reason dude they made 150 horsepower i know but like at that era people were like dude i want a corvette i think couldn't even like, turn a tire i know i know but i mean like that's mm. the thing is the corvette the corvette mm. never lost its name let's it, talk like, about vipers did. oh the viper yeah, let's uh, talk about Vipers. Demographic. It, a 100% overlap with people that go see Seether live in concert. <laughs> no question. That's it. That's it. Slash thread. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have no objection. <laughs> That's just the best way to describe it. Like, you like a Viper, you listen to Seether. Like, <laughs> your second favorite band is Nickelback. Boys and girls of Twitch, just... Google S E E T H E R. There you oh, go. God. Um, all right, fine. Let's move on to. Oh, this is. Oh God. Uh, Tesla. Tesla owners. Oh man. All right, let me have it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you fit the stereotype. No, I really don't. There's two. <clears throat> okay. First, I'm gonna name the first one. Rich Russian guys that buy P100Ds. Yep. Pavel. YouTube them. <laughs> that, that is what they are. Rich Russian people. Okay. No, number two. <clears throat> Entitled, younger, successful people. They probably came from some form of money. Either they had it at birth or got it midway through their life. Eventually decided, I want the coolest car in the world. So they buy a Tesla. And they are absolute pricks about it about everything and they make sure everybody knows that they know that they have a tesla these are all the people that previously owned bmw 5 series and 7 series i think that's ambitious these are no the people buying teslas this is their or i should say the biggest purchase they've ever made besides maybe a house so they treat them like gold i shouldn't say a8 a6 and five series used a6s five series a6s these it's are, just these are people coming out of Leafs and Volts and shit, dude. These are people literally coming out of twenty thousand dollar cars and they're buying stuff that's fifty, sixty, seventy, hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and then Correct. there's like and they my think they're just the hottest shit. Just spends money, you know, and he just got a Tesla because he thought it was cool. You know, he likes to have the biggest, newest, coolest thing. You know? Right. So those there's those people too. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I, I broke everything. But he was cool, because at least he put his into a ditch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Upside down, trying and to flex And then bought another people. one, even though he was threatened with arrest if he bought another one. <laughs> okay, that sounds more like the group that I would be in, potentially. Yeah. But yeah that, I mean, the, that's, the, why, that's why I, I said that first one. The and group that the bought him knew, yeah, I think that you're right. There are two demographics, and they are yeah. those people. What about, okay, what about... 
What about like a used Model X 75 owner? I don't know. Like I just buy it to open the Falcon doors and do that Trans-Siberian Orchestra Easter egg. I'm pretty yes. sure that's all they bought it for. Yeah, I probably would. Yeah. Because, I mean, who else would want DeLorean doors? Like, they just... They don't fit well. And they, they're not very practical. No, but they're cool as fuck. You know who it is? Uh, okay. It is. These are people that they worked so hard in life because yeah. they wanted to get like a Diablo or a Countach or something really... But they're like, driven by soccer moms. Objectively, one second, objectively, <laughs> super fucking rad cars. Like, these are the kids that had the Countach poster above their bed. Mm-hmm. And every morning when they woke up, they said, I'm going to have you one day. And then right when they made enough money to get that car, they had a baby. And then bought a house. They had a baby. And they had a baby with... Uh, that blonde-haired, uh, the the girlfriend, the the girlfriend's sister from Knocked Up. I haven't seen that movie since Fuck. 2007. Yeah. But it's just like this this really bitchy wife that you are oh. now stuck with for the rest of your life, and you have to wait, you have to wait on her hand and foot for your entire life just to keep her happy. So that's the person that drives the Model X, the used one. Yes. Okay. It's the person. What about that Model wants... Three people? Model Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, They've been dying to get a Tesla, mm-hmm. but they couldn't afford it. Yep. But, like, wh- that's entirely true, but, like, yeah, but who are these who people? Who are these people? Uh, the actress I of, of was Leslie Mann. She's that blonde-haired. She always plays a really pissed-off wife. She's married to Paul Rudd in the movie. Is she in Wedding Crashers? I think she is, yeah. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. She's insane. She's also in Blockers and stuff. Yeah, she always plays... Like, that's she the She is wife. gorgeous, but yeah, that yeah. is the person you don't mess with in person. And it, it's one of those things where it's like, it's like, I got this banging hot, like, blonde wife, and then she's just an absolute maniac. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's who she is. The person whose eyelids always stay above 80% open? Yep, Yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Model 3 person is yeah. finally the person that... 30-something IT people? They, they yes. really want a really cool car. They want an electric car, and they bought the right car. That's true. Yeah, that, if you bought them, if you are. waited for the Model 3 and you bought the Model 3, especially if you bought a base model, you're good. Yeah. You're the kind of person I talk to at the AV meet. Yeah. <laughs> like, those are... The reason I bought my Model S is because it has all the things from that Model 3, and it was way cheaper, and I could have it now. Yeah, mm. it's, it's the cool guy. Also, like... found the... Uh, we tried the Cowbell Easter egg. What, what's that? It plays the SNL More Cowbell track, yes. and it turns the autopilot road and the gauge cluster a tie-dye yellow brick road. I nice. love that. <laughs> Corey didn't like it when I did it the fifth time in a row. <laughs> the fifth time in a row. Yep. <clears throat> you mean the twentieth? No, I did. I only did it five times, All but right. uh, mm-hmm. Yep. So there you go. Now I'm I think tr- it just plays the YouTube clip because it's kind of like the whatever when they're talking. Yep. <clears throat> I got a fever, and the only cure is more cowbell. And then it's got the shitty cowbell. Now there's a Pretty couple good. of more. There's two more things I was thinking of that I want to... Do it. We've got an et cetera on here, too, for this very reason. uh, 15-year-old Camrys. Uh, So that would be 2003? It's the right car. Yeah, yeah, 2003, 2005, that era. There's a big difference in the 03 and the 05 Camry. That... Actually, no, the, the old the old Camry people, <clears throat> the guy okay, not, not super old. I not, bought not this, so old it's cool. I bought this laptop from a dude in an 03 Camry today. It wasn't listed properly, and I also didn't double check it. So screw that guy. I don't like those Camry owners. Which laptop? It was a 
It was supposed to be a 13-inch 2018 MacBook Air, and it's a 2017 MacBook 12-inch Retina. So very, very similar computers with the exact same specifications, but I just didn't double-check. Mm. I was going to say, um, usually, there are people that probably had something like an Audi A6, and it blew up, and their mechanic told them, get something reliable. And they got that, and the car usually smells like marijuana. I think it's people coming up from, like, Tercels, like 90s Tercels. That bottom new? No. No. The people that are driving literally the cheapest thing that they can find well, that will be reliable. The thing is, the 90s Tercels actually getting to a, be a, a cool car. Yeah, but they're all gone. See, like, that, that's the wave. The, the, the wave of Tercels oh, okay. that's in junkyards now, it's the, those people. The cheapest, most reliable means of transportation. <clears throat> Correct. Yeah. Something that will never get any maintenance done yes. to it, except that, for that maybe is, oil changes. That is exactly who owns it. These are the, uh, the Camrys that have their headlights either replaced entirely with tape or partially held in with tape. <laughs> Or windows or tape. There's tape on the car. That's what <laughs> I'm getting at. There's you, lots of tape on the car. At some point, you <clears throat> repaired something with, with a product that you bought at Home Depot. <laughs> yeah. that hey, whether it's caulking I in the like glass. This extends to Toyota Sienna owners. It does absolutely. Yeah, it, there's there is a first sim- gen Siennas. When was the last time you saw a nice one of those? The flex yeah, there, pipes always there's gone. There's a significant overlap like, between those. The two. wheel covers are gone in the front because the shocks are all gone and the wheels are bouncing up like this, just going down a flat road. Second-gen Siennas aren't quite there yet, but they're getting there. Okay, so my favorite thing is when you see my Sienna, you assume it's going to have the... It's pretty clean. Yeah, it's pretty clean. I mean, there's some rust, and somebody took a baseball back to the... uh, What's uh, a baseball back? uh, Baseball bat to the back of my car. Oh, you're just saving time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. I tend to skip words all That's the time. That's fine. It's, like it's opposite of German. We're adding more words and yeah. then in the wrong order. <laughs> yeah. So somebody take <clears throat> took a baseball bat to the uh, back corner of my car okay. and now that's rusting a little bit. Ugh. And, you know, the automatic door is broken and the bumper's been replaced. <laughs> a couple times. Probably. A couple times. <laughs> um, so, like, when you see it, you, like, assume it's going to be the stereotypical, like, beat up Sienna driver and mm-hmm. then it's me and people get very confused yeah you don't look like a angsty can i speak to your manager because i don't have enough money person yeah Yeah. exactly people will follow me to my car they go you drive this and i was like i feel like the stickers are quite representative of me i think so but yes it's my car now there's (laughs) i've got one last quick one that i want to do okay the frs ft86 brz owners Okay. I, I've got one I want to cover after this, but I please do. What, what would you consider on, the, on that? Or 17-year-old you... suburbia uh, teenagers that are getting their first car that they're not paying for. Mm. That's a But there, there are people that attend the cars and coffee shows. As I say that, it's definitely somebody that attends it. It's somebody that leaves the car mostly stock, maybe puts on a strut bar. <laughs> okay. And puts like... Decent tires. Specifically buying the manual ones or the automatic ones? Doesn't matter. Okay. All right. Because these are people that want a car that gives you very good performance and they want to sacrifice almost nothing. They want a Miata with four seats. Yeah. That's who it is. I mean, that's what that car is. And there's nothing wrong with that. Are they, okay, but are they like early autocross dudes? I think, you know, I don't know because I only see them at car shows and they're all parked together with their stock cars. With their Prius wheels. Well, Prius tires. <laughs> tires, I'm sorry. Their Prius <laughs> tires and, like, Camry wheels. Well, like, so. r- remember when that car came out, like, 2012 for yeah. the pre-productions or whatever, and we saw all these reviews on Top Gear, and they're like, 
this thing is incredible. Yeah, it's a great car. Like, it is. But, like, I do feel like the people that buy them, buy them for the wrong reason. And I yeah. think that they do these mods to them that make them... I, make them worse. Yeah, they yeah. make them worse, really. They modify the deliberate holding back out of the car. So they'll add, like, super grippy tires, which actually doesn't necessarily make that car better. Or they'll lower it and put too much camber in it, like the Rocket Bunny wing. Yeah. It's very rarely do you see them actually built for track use, which is a massive bummer. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of that was the stereotype that I thought of with with that car. Jana, what do you think? Because there's but also. Do you think that they're like late teens, or do you think they're other age demographic? Mid twenties, right out of college. Now I got a job. They what can car are you talking about right now? Well, like the, the BRZ FRS. The, yeah. Oh, the Toyota BRZ oh UATZX. What was it? Toyobu oh. BR GT eighty six Z. Yeah. yeah. That oh, one. dude, they definitely own a vape. Well, the the secondhand ones, absolutely, they're like twenty somethings because you can buy the new one. Oh, I don't know. They're oh, and like, they're people either phasing into or phasing out of their Subaru phase. I really? Do I you think, think so. people that buy PRZs are actually Subaru people? A lot of them, yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's, I, I agree with the whole. It's a Miata with a backseat. It is. I mean, those are definitely cross-shopped cars. It's, I think, you know, I don't know if these are the people who are buying it, but the people that should buy it is somebody who wants, like, a nice sporty car but yeah. has kids. Sure. That's another good one, actually. Yeah. I do see that a lot, is, like, a lot of or people in two, two or fewer kids. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, like, expecting parents are new parents. Yeah. Probably yeah. expecting, because yeah. you're not going to get that past your wife if you've already got the kid. No, it's, it's people that are, you know, about 35 to 40. Yeah. That are just having their kid, and they still want to have a fun car. That's the new purchaser, for they, sure. They, they, yeah. had, they had an S2000. And when those people have the third kid, They'll then they get something else, and then the Sienna. vape bro buys <laughs> No, so. no, the, then, then they, that's when they buy the STI, because they want, or a WRX, because they want an WRX. Evo 10. But a but WRX it doesn't with exist three anymore. kids <laughs> does not work. They jump to a Honda Odyssey or Toyota Sienna. I know no. this from experience. I don't think the majority of those people. Do no, that. no, they they make the mistake and they buy a Tiguan. They go to a Durango or a <laughs> Lambda. No, they, they, they uh, no, they no a Tiguan. No, if they have a third kid, they, they make they make the mistake. They they go to a Volkswagen Audi group. But a Tiguan doesn't of, hold any more children. It has a flatter seat and more space. Uh, you no, can you fit, can't fit three car. You seats can fit three car in seats a car, in, in a Tiguan. You can fit three car no, seats. I know you can. You need to have, I have two rolls. I have, I have, even I if you physically have, can, I think it's illegal to yeah. do that. I, you can only have... I have a car at work that's got two car seats and a booster well, seat don't in the turn back. them in. That's probably not legal. In fact, no. I'm pretty sure it's not legal yeah. to have three side-by-side-by-side in Minnesota. Well, one's a booster seat. That uh, still counts. A booster seat? Ha-ha! <laughs> 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 extended swing arm. But, yeah, because, like, all of my... <laughs> all of my parents at my school they have like a really nice car and they have two kids and they can like maintain like like a subaru you know yeah but they're not as cool whatever. as dinks yeah dinks are the best no which is the most offensive Honda sounding Odyssey. compliment in the entirety of what human is history. your um you said you had one last one that you want to cover as far as uh stereotypes go yeah what is it 335 eyes 335i owners yeah the bmw guys yep. guess, the people that still have those uh-huh but not the people that bought them new. I'm talking the people that own current early 335Is. Specifically automatic ones, I guess, if you want to get into that. Fat white guy with a conceal and carry permit voted for Donald Trump. 
I don't think I I don't see it a lot of fat, but I see like rural Wisconsin. I see flat bill. I, mean. I see vape. Ex Subaru owners when the head gaskets went, yeah. they're like, oh, what should I buy with the insurance but, money from this no, comprehensive but the, plan? I mean, I mean specifically the ones that were like the the people that bring a head gun to a car show just just to flex their Second Amendment right. People that carry around ARs just because it skirts on the legality end of the spectrum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like people like that. I think you're right. And they they complain when they get caught speeding. <laughs> Like those people. Yeah. Uh. Now, uh, Jana, who do you think of? I don't. Do you, are you, you, Corey? What about you? This one. I was just think of uh, the guy that did the polar run. Oh, Anthony. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, that's a perfect fit for Ryan's description. Then. Yeah, I said I basically described Anthony Costas to a T. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Anyway. Even though that was a six-speed four-door, so that was actually one of the coolest versions of that car. But it it was an early U335. This is episode 88. It is. And with episode 88, I believe it's time that we talk about one of Jana's favorite cars. The DeLorean. The DMC DeLorean. (laughs) Okay. Yes, yes. So this car. Are we talking about the owner demographic? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Yeah, Burger, why don't you talk about the owner demographic real quick, what uh, you think of. Because, uh, well, here, I'll start Old up. scientific one, one white dudes. Here, one, one second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> People, like, the person that owns a DeLorean is either the biggest douchebag at Radwood or the coolest guy at Radwood. There's no in-between. It, you're at either end of the spectrum. There's nobody that's kind of all right that owns a DeLorean while at Radwood. Anyway. I, I think it's just you. But older. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. But I mean, there's people that own like the the repro movie cars. Sometimes they're really terrible people. Oh yeah. Um, I feel like the crappier the DeLorean, like if you find like a really clapped out auto one that like barely runs, that's gonna be the best owner to talk to. Here, let, I I'm gonna do a shout out to one of my favorite DeLorean owners, and he saw me like freak out over his car, and he's like, "Go for it, sit in it." And while I was sitting in it. He told me everything about the car, and I was just sitting there like, "How do you? How did you get this?" It's one of those things we were talking about. Everyone with a car just sits there and wants to tell you about their car. And yeah. Delorean people are at the top of that. But scale. like, he didn't even talk about like the car in general, mm-hmm. like unless we asked. He just told us like facts that he knew we would want to know about the Delorean. Well, that's cool if it's curated. Yeah. So now. About the DeLorean, I just want to kind of go over some of the history. He of has it. lots of cats too, so. Oh yeah! Oh, the guy with the yeah. the Irish DeLorean. Yeah. Yeah, that one. That guy's really cool. Um, all right, so this car was the brainchild of uh, John Z. DeLorean. Z stands for Zach, but it's also just a really dope name. Uh, John Z. DeLorean. Um, they're made uh 81 through 83 and this car is like totally swept up in like a story of like the ira and terrorism and cocaine and tax evasion this car has a hell of a how it came to be story holy bob lutz was involved and just a bunch of cool stuff holy shit that delorean needs an entire episode yeah it does it does it's just since it was episode 88 i really wanted to go over it uh just like it kind of a quickie sort of thing so it used a Peugeot, Renault, Volvo V6 engine, uh, 130 horsepower, had, which is a reasonable amount of power. It's 2,700 pounds. Okay, cool. Fits right in with like a 280Z. It is surprisingly light for being made out of yeah. stainless steel. For be, it fits in with a 280ZX or like a Supra. Bit of a porker. Era. 
Yeah, a bit of a porker. Yep. <laughs> um, you either had a five-speed manual or a three-speed automatic. The three-speed automatic is famous for either being above the power band or far below the power band of that Yeah, it's like buying a Z3 1.9 with the four-speed French auto. You just don't do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so originally he wanted to build the factory in Puerto Rico, but then uh, then uh, the government of North Ireland uh, gave him like $100 million to put the factory there. Yep. Um, then it turns out, I guess there's just, like budget overruns, like left and right, a bunch of engineering problems, strikes, because England. Uh, and then what happened was uh, some of the people that were in charge, like some of the executives were actually like kidnapped by the IRA at one point. Oh. Yeah, and so he had to like... Well, that sounds their, swell. He had to like pay their ransom so they didn't get killed. <laughs> and then... Um, what kind of car is this? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Now, there. this is the thing is that... Basically, the end of the whole DeLorean nightmare was John DeLorean was charged with um, with laundering money for drug trafficking mm-hmm. in October of 1982, which that's what sunk him. And they just they couldn't keep going after that. Uh, but it's kind of a bummer um, just because it's they, a real ouchie, bro. Yeah, it was like like things were finally getting to like work themselves out uh right when that happened. So it just like totally ruined it. But what's cool about it is um the cars actually have begun to have a resurgence. There is a modern DeLorean which uses new old stock parts. And yeah, there's a company in Texas that's been doing it since 2004. Yeah, and they so, bought all of the old original stock, actually. Yeah, all of their old original stock, and I think that they actually make new parts they do. too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they do. I don't know a whole lot about them. They will make you a brand new DeLorean. Yes. Uh, yeah. If they don't have the new NOS parts, uh, they will make you one with their repops, which are perfect replicas. And they were also uh, way more reliable. <laughs> two gold-plated DeLoreans. Ah, oh, jeez. What about the? Uh, oh, who was that rapper that did one in like white with bad headlights and stuff last year? Macklemore. No. Two years ago. No. Mm-mm. Oh. It was that Will guy. Smith. No. Will I am. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Yeah. I am Motors. That's what it was. Yeah. He just like painted a DeLorean white, put a really nasty front end on it, and then put it on wheels. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll bring it up on the stream. Why not? <clears throat> but uh, anyway, so in 1980, uh, for Christmas, Amex and DeLorean American Express, they were going to try and sell 124 karat gold plated DeLoreans for oh, $85,000 a piece. Oh, that actually sounds like oh, a pretty no. fair deal. Two oh. of them sold. So here's the uh, I Am Motors. Is that really based off of DeLorean? Yeah. <clears throat> That bumper looks awful. Yeah, that car looks really terrible. So uh, Wait, that is a DeLorean. West Coast? West Coast Customs. Oh. They built okay. it for Will I Am. So there you go. Of course, That's West Coast right. Customs. Is that. I like how they changed their logo to like try and be more modern, but nobody likes West Coast Customs. Like, they've ruined their brand. Pimp my ride, yo. Exactly. They gonna pimp my ride. Damn right. But yeah, so the DeLorean, um, with the exception of William, actually is a very cool car. It's cool. It's not good, but it is cool. I never said good. I know. I was just <laughs> I making sure people know I never that you should not that. buy one of these. No, you should. No, you shouldn't. It's not a good car. Unless you can buy one of the new ones that has the VQ in it. No, I mean, you can get them. I'd say an 81. The company that does them in Texas with the NOS parts offers a VQ option now. You could also get the... Uh, 
and the PRV engine with the supercharger, which is very cool. Yeah, but that engine it had issues. Na. Also used it used CIS on a French engine. Yeah, that is a bad idea. I don't want to talk about. It's a bad idea, Ryan. That's what I'm talking about. You should not have Bosch CIS on a French engine. Oh, we forgot to mention one thing. That's like a Fiat X19. It was actually this car was by designed by the most consistently good car designer, Gijaro? of all time. Yes, Giorgio ah, Giorgio. I didn't actually know that, and I guessed. Yeah. There you go. Yes. <laughs> so this is made by the most consistently good car designer of all time ever. God, everything he made was great. Maybe not even just car designer. I think Shijaro did a lot of really cool non-car stuff. Too. Yeah, he made some of the coolest guns. Uh, the Beretta CX-4 Storm. I don't know anything about that, and I don't care to. Uh, it's a really cool assault rifle. I'll take your made. word for it. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, bunch of cool stuff. Made a bunch of cameras. Made the Nikon D800. Like, the oh. quintessential <clears throat> DSLR. Do you know who was really good at designing crap like 60 years ago? Hmm. Studebaker. Yes, they were. The Starliner with the wraparound rear window. That's so I much want cool one. stuff, I'm man. waiting for that to... Swivel, center, nose, headlight, just a bunch of cool stuff. But I... if you're done with that, yes, I want to talk about interesting engineering, which I brought back this week. Thank you. Just, you know, we don't do it unless we actually something to talk about. Yes. Well, we, don't want, we want it to be interesting, not just... Now, I'm bringing this back because a, a listener of ours, uh, Ryan, a different Ryan, my coworker, has, I think, a 51 Studebaker, which has been his project car. Cool. Guess, daily driver. That's a great oh, he's, he's got great taste in cars um, for a long, long time. But we were in the Tesla talking about the hill hold feature. And he's like, my Studebaker has a hill hold. I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, there's a mechanical ball valve in the rear brake line where if you're on a decline or I guess an incline, it will lock the rear brakes when you're on a hill. That's really cool. So if you take your foot off the brake, you can work the really terrible, I'm sure, clutch and the low-power engine from 1951. And I brought up a picture of it, which I'll put on the stream here. And it's it's a physical device that is bolted to the frame rail and it oh, intercepts. And, and so this is looking down at the frame rail from, like, up top, right? Uh, yes, that, okay. that is correct, yep. So uh, the lever number one, the tip of that arrow going forward, is the uh, the brake okay. pedal. That's the brake where it pedal. comes into the, the master cylinder. So it's and built, then number it's five is the actual hill holder itself. So that's the Correct. ball valve. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's nifty. It's really, really cool. And it's designed yeah, to, to release when you're using the brake. It's it's so, fascinating. He said his car still has it and it still works. Does, so. does it is it based off like angle or is it based yeah. off? So it uses so, gravity in a ball. Basically. Okay. So mm-hmm. as, I wasn't sure if it was like weight based off like weight distribution. Like once like a certain amount of weight goes over the rear end, it, no, but, I don't. Oh. I don't think so. so yeah. Um, oh, actually, use like the actual gravity. Like that's yep. really cool. Yeah. So it uses. Oh, I see. Just gravity for tilt. But yeah, it'll just it'll put a. Doesn't this... that also happen when you're accelerating? No, because it requires you to have just used the brake. Oh, so you there's press a mechanical the... linkage okay. on it too. It's not. Oh, okay. It's not purely. Yeah, that would be a, a good point. But I mean, it's holding brake pressure. So I mean, yeah, going down the street, you're not pressing the brake while accelerating. Because if you did that, yeah, it probably would lock up your rear brakes. Um, but yeah, I thought that was genius. I mean, that's 1951. That's you know what the really world cool. was like in 1951. There wasn't any technology. Yeah, there was. But anyway, no, uh, there was no um, technology. It sucked. The best thing in the entire world was the EAB flathead, which is technology. Mm, that's pretty low tech, but there you go. Yeah, but it's still technology. It it's, is. It's the more first than... ever one piece cast V8 engine block. So I guess uh, which uh, car was this used in? I don't know. Studebaker's. Which Studebaker's? They have a lot of different 
So I don't know anything what, about what 51 Studebakers. 1951 Studebaker? Yep. Oh, no. I just want to know what car it was from. Oh. That would be in a Starlight or a Champion. Radical. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's, yeah, Studebakers. So do you know what the Starlight looks like? I do. Yeah, with the wraparound. Oh, I yes. love that. that yeah, that, so that cool must have been an expensive piece of glass to produce. Uh, yeah, they used uh, four, three pieces, and each one was curved, and oh, they were geez. all very expensive. Yeah. And the reason they used four pieces was to make it so if a kid in the neighborhood knocked a baseball through it. it then would, you don't pull a Lotus Exige you, you for a clamshell where it totals the car if you ding it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where you don't go bankrupt if you break your back window. Genius. <laughs> Genius. All right. Well, awesome. That's actually very cool. Um, how about we round up the show with some facts that we learned? You mean fun things we learned over the past year? Yes. Week? Fun facts that we've learned. Uh, Okay, I learned that uh, Carbitrage is almost a year old. That's awesome. On the 22nd, we will be have been doing this for one year. Oh, cool. <clears throat> I learned that, um, it, this actually I learned on International Women's Day, uh, in Japan there's this uh, race car driver. Her name was Kari, uh, Kari, Kari uh, Okamoto. Sorry, I had to say the name in my head. And <laughs> um, <laughs> out loud. Yes, um, <laughs> In that she, order. Not only was she a race car driver, but she was also an actor and then went on to own a, a large business later on in life. I've heard of people switching careers two or three times in their life, but that is a weird path. Yes. Now, this is what she raced when she was racing. Uh, two AE86s, an AE92 Corolla 11, a SW20 MR2, and a T190 Carina. I know what one of those things is. You know what an A86 is. No, two of those things, rather. You know what an MR2 is. I do. You know what the E90 generation Corolla looked like. No, I don't. Those are the early 90s Corollas when they're still boxy. Uh, so like ended in 91? Yeah, like late 80s, early 90s Corollas. Yeah, I do know what those are. They're front-wheel drive. Yep. So the Corolla 11 of that generation had flip-up headlights. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. the, the front-wheel drive Corolla Coupes. Didn't the FX15 have flip-ups? FX16? 16, no, whatever. No, it was the one that was sold alongside the FX16. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. But she raced those. Um, <laughs> as one does. Yes, as one does. <laughs> uh, she took a... Uh, her uh, In 1989, while racing at A86 in a uh, hill climb event, uh, a mostly stock A86, mind you, uh, she came in 12th. And every car in front of her was either a BMW M3 or a Ford Sierra Cosworth. That makes perfect sense. And there were, because they dominated there, racing. There were another dozen behind her, like Cosworths and Ethers. So she was keeping stuff. up to the best race cars ever. Yes. With uh, this Corolla. Yeah. She. Yeah. Exactly. She also ran Paris Dakar three times. Holy shit! And she was the first Japanese woman to complete a ra- any race of any sort in history through the desert. Oh. Um, yeah, so... So she's pretty legit, is what you're saying. Yeah, she's really legit. Um, she only quit racing, uh, because she had a, uh, cancer diagnosis when she was 31. Holy shit. But, uh, Was it it boob tumors, or was it something else? Uh, it does, it was, uh, let me see here. Um... It doesn't say what cancer oh, it was. Oh, dang. But it was originally she got it at 20. She had cancer at 24 when she was doing oh. Paris to Car. 
and she completed it with cancer, nice. which is awesome. <laughs> I don't have time for you right now, cancer. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. But it came back again in, when she was 31, and that's why she was like, all right, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll hang up my helmet for now. Uh, <laughs> Just until we figure out what's going women on. Women are amazing. Yes. I mean, like, not that guys don't do this, but more often than not, you don't know that women have like these illnesses and they're doing like these amazing things and they go, oh yeah. Well, it's because they're smart enough to go get them diagnosed then they just deal with it while it's happening. True. We're just like, there's nothing wrong. I'm fine. Like, dude, you're bleeding out of your eyeballs. I'm like, yeah, it's probably normal. It'll go away. Yeah. So uh, I don't need to see a, a doctor. <clears throat> so in the mid-90s, she launched an organic baked donut company in Japan. Became Was it called Krispy Kreme? No, but know. in Japan... Uh, it had uh, they made a, about a million dollars a year out of a single store before expanding. She eventually sold that, and now she's a yoga instructor. <laughs> so I love this woman I'm, so I'm much. I, that was an article I sent you on Facebook. I'm like, this girl's like literally you, Jana. But uh, except Japanese. Yeah, and on top of that, she's also very pretty too, like you, honey. Thank you. Um. So, yes, that's what I learned this Speaking week. That was very excited about Jana. That's her, by the way. I see. Yeah. Uh, what did you learn, honey? Um, what did I? Oh, I learned in environmental biology that we could save a lot of water if we just peed in the shower. Which everybody does anyway. Except yeah. For Who doesn't pee in the shower? I know. So, all right. You're bathed in cleaning and water. Just let the gravity do its thing. So when I was like probably 20, 19 or 20 or so, me and Andrew Chase and our guy named Josh, uh, who drove a Scion, uh, were trying to uh, get a, we were thinking about getting a house together, and we were talking about it, and one night Josh brought up, well, I don't like people peeing in the shower. And we're all like, everybody on earth does that. What the hell is wrong with you? It's gross. That's where you clean yourself. It's like there's water flowing down. It's not getting anywhere. And soap. It's literally self-cleaning. It is the best possible place you could pee. (laughs) It's way more hygienic than peeing into a toilet. That's what exploded the entire problem. We 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 literally can't get a house now because you can't handle people peeing. Seriously, like nobody got the house. We gave up on that, and I didn't move out of my parents' house for another four years after that because I just like did not want to deal with that. So, wow. fun fact. Um, <laughs> All right, Corey, what did you learn this week? I was supposed to learn something? Yeah. Do you That's want... what I learned. Cool. He learned that he's supposed to learn One something. One second. I'm going to come up with a random fact. No, he, he learned that all the signs in Colorado are like 19 feet tall because it snows so much they have to be at like nipple height. Is that, is that a real thing? Yeah, it is. Oh, Seriously? Yeah. There you go. All the road signs in Colorado are higher than normal. Because you're driving on like nine feet of snow. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I'm happy. I, I'm actually legitimately happy I learned that. That made me, that made my day. <laughs> I'm so happy I don't live there now. Wait, wait. Um, thank you very much for uh, listening to oh, we should, uh We should tell people we are not doing a midweek episode this week. We did a longer episode for you today because we are not doing a midweek episode. Can I can I add something? Sure. My sister got a new car. What did she get? She got a Kia Optima that's okay. like this uh, maroonish brown. It's really interesting. Has she been trapped inside of it yet? No, she hasn't. Hmm, that's good. I'm impressed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice. Glad it's a very are. her car. It's a very just Blah. car. Yeah. Blah.
Yeah, hernia, key optima, blah. But okay. It, it's it's probably the best one you could get. I mean, it's the right trim level and everything. So you got some of the cloth interior. You got the heated seats and everything. So very fun. Very Fast cool. heat. Yeah, exactly. She just brought it home yesterday, so I've not explored it, but I'll, I'll up- update you guys. And Fair enough. There you go. All right, well, shall you get you. the bagpipes? I yes. shall get the bagpipes. <laughs> thank you for listening. All right, bye. Catch you guys next week.